Sorry. I was like, do you want me, because you put the JAR Foundation on? Yeah. Sorry. Do you want me to say Access Integrated Mental Health? Absolutely. You can put anything on there. And for sure, I totally pimp what you're doing. All right. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the, this is the Mental Health Today. And this is a, this podcast is sponsored by the, uh, by the JAR Foundation. And uh, I'm one of the, one of the directors there. And it's a, it's a foundation, really, it's a nonprofit designed to, you know, bring some awareness to mental health. Uh, we'll try to focus a little bit on the stigma, some of the cost, uh, access, and then one of my, you know, real passionate things about education and providing those tools. So, and also a big platform for people in the space, uh, people somewhere on the journey of mental health and they want to share their journey. So it's great little short, impactful 30 minutes of conversation. And today it's Mental Health Today with Liesl and Liesl Leary Perez. Uh, Liesl, welcome. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. So we look, really look forward to hearing your story. Um, we had a little chat off offline, so I think it's it's going to be a fun a fun, open conversation uh, and a little bit of your journey and then what you're passionate about. And, and I think you, we got the, even the aha moment all all wrapped up in one, Lisa. So yeah. how, who are you? What are you doing in the what are you doing in the space? What's your aha moment? And, you know, what are we going to do to change the world? Sure. Um, love this topic. And thank you so much for asking. So my name is Lisa Leary Perez. I co-founded Access Integrated Mental Health with my husband three years ago. So right at the start of the pandemic, which, by the way, I do not recommend to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe the worst idea um, ever. Oh, I love it. Yes, the longest two weeks of all of our lives. Um, but um, yeah, so I co-founded this clinic. Um, a big part of it was um, actually it started off because when my daughter um, was 13, she got diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety. Mm. And, and, you know, I was like, okay, great. So um, let's, uh, let's get started. So, you know, yeah. um, when, when can we see you again, psychiatrist? And they were like, no, 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 you just need to go to your, your primary care physician. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, you just, you just go to your primary care physician, your pediatrician, and they'll give you, you know, a, a prescription for Concerta, which I found out later was actually like methamphetamines. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, that just, it sounds like a bad idea to give a 13 year old methamphetamines. Am I wrong? <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 that's, it's totally fine. You should totally we, do that. Don't worry. There's 20 million American teenagers running around on this. It's totally fine. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and Jeez so, Louise. yeah, but that was, that was it. And that, that was, and I was like, but, but what does my pediatrician know about mental health? And they were like, it doesn't matter. That's, that's who you have. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so 70, oh. 70% of the, um, you know, of the antidepressants that are actually um, prescribed are actually prescribed by um, primary care physicians. And I'm not knocking primary care physicians because I'm, I'm of the mindset that any mm. mental health support is better than no mental health support. However, the other reality is, is that yeah, messed up. 
it's messed up and only uh, and antidepressants only work for like 40 to 60 percent of the people who take them depending on which study you read so to me there's a lot of gaps in the entire mental health um, mm. arena um, especially here in colorado where i live and so i said there's got to be a better way i've got to find got a better to be solution a better right. for my kid right i have to find a better solution and well, th there is no fighting a better solution. Colorado ranks 43 out of 50 states for mental health care. <laughs> 43. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So That's I had not to. Good. No. So it basically, you know, I mean, this is one of my many aha moments when it came to mental health. Um, the second one being my nervous breakdown, which we'll talk about later. But um, the, uh, you know, that really started me on this journey of like, there's, you know, there's no better way. We have to invent a better way um, to do this. There because, is no better. Right. Agree. Yeah, there is no better way. And so that's that's where, you know, I started going into, you know, this whole realm. Um, my husband was actually um, an anesthetist at uh, Children's Hospital. He was already in the medical field. And so we had the opportunity to start this. Uh, mental health clinic. Um, and, you know, it really dovetailed in with my passions of unlocking human power and human potential, um, helping my daughter um, get better. And then eventually, it helped me get better, because I was part of the problem for, for a long time. Interesting. Yeah, I think the I think the reason the doctors get involved is just because of the way the insurance rules are, and yes. the back end of the system, right, and the cost allowances and everything it, it's really fundamentally structurally broken 100 percent. and yeah. you know as i um you know i'm actually the one who picks up the phone when a patient calls us or you know comes in on our, our campaigns and i'm the one who talks to them and okay. i'm the one who often explains to them that you know because a lot of people i mean i had a kid a couple of weeks ago who called me you know 25 years old yeah uh, he's on medicaid he had a suicide attempt in the past and he knew he was getting back to that level. And he said, the only thing that ever helped from, I've been on every class of antidepressant out there. I've been on every drug out there. Um, but I have to tell you, like the only thing that's ever helped are the ketamine infusions. I just need to know how much it costs so I can beg my parents to pay for it um, so that I don't kill myself. And I said, wait, are you on Medicaid? And he said, yeah, well, I said, well, then you can come in for free and get Spravato, which is the nasal spray. And he was like, wait, no, 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 no. Say that again. <laughs> um, and the kid couldn't, uh, you know, he, he couldn't drive. So he actually ended up taking two buses the first time. And then Medicaid actually paid for the rides to, to wow. get to the clinic. And that kid is now thriving. He's actually decided that, you know, he started talking to his parents again. He's going to move back to his home state and really start his life over again. And all because he, you know, we get we got him treatment and it was affordable. This I mean, that just since that actually gave me chills thinking that somebody's can't get the help they need and literally it's free and they we don't know how to get that information out there. No. And Ken, I would have moved heaven and earth to salt to just save that one kid's life. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And and we're we're treating like ten or fourteen patients a day just with these procedures, not to mention like the medication management and everything else that we do, but just just the procedures alone, right? And so these people are actually when I think about changing the world, right, and to your point, helping these people get better means that they're going to live happier lives, it means they're going to raise happier children, means yes. they're going to do more to help other people. And so that's why I'm in this business, because mm. I just I live for those transformation moments when I see our patients, you know, um, go from suicidal to, 
you know, living per, just one more productive lives, um, you know, their, their, their color comes back to them. They're physically different after six weeks. Wow. What <laughs> yeah. and explain, I think a lot of people, or maybe, you know, a lot of people listening to this won't know how ketamine is used or the, the generic version of it. Maybe you can sure. explain a little bit what the studies show or the reality yeah. of when people take it. And cause yes. ketamine has got a bad rap. I mean, it's a, <laughs> You know, it's not exactly, <laughs> it's not exactly this, the, uh, I don't know, it's not the sexiest, most loving, loving drug, but it turns no. out it's, it's got a lot of use in mental health. It does. And it's actually been around forever. Um, you know, it does have a bad rap. People think that, oh, you know, street ketamine is the same thing as what therapeutic dose of ketamine is. Okay. I'm going to be clear. Therapeutic dose of ketamine or is like, you know, micrograms, milligrams, you, the street dose is like grams. Those, that thing is going to, that's totally going to mess you up. <laughs> okay. I love that. That's going to mess you up. Yeah. That's not, that's not what we're doing here. Um, there's two forms of, of ketamine um, that's used off label for mental health. And, okay. and um, the first, the first kind is actually the ketamine infusion therapy. Um, and that's where they'll actually put ketamine in an IV bag and, you know, you'll kick back um, for two to three hours, you know, while you're getting your infusion. Um, the second kind is actually far more accessible. It is um, created by Janssen, which is a Johnson & Johnson company. It is a nasal spray. Um, and same thing, you take the nasal spray, you kick back in one of my zero gravity chairs for two hours with a fuzzy blanket and some noise canceling headsets and great music. And, and you know, you'll have, you may or may not have a dissociative experience, but it's, it's, it's been very, very um, productive. The reason that it works yeah, yeah. The, the reason that this works is actually fascinating. So the old model of depression was based on uh, serotonin, right? Like, oh, you know, your your neurotransmitters, um, there's not enough of them. We're just going to flood your brain with serotonin. You'll be fine, and you'll start your brain will start communicating again. Okay. Okay. Ketamine works actually on a completely different system. Unlike antidepressants, which only work when they're in your system, ketamine works after it leaves your system, and Basically, what happens is your let's just say that you smell smoke, right? The emotional side of your brain and those synapses are going to be like, oh, my God, there's smoke. Panic, 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 panic. Yeah. we got to save okay. ourselves, right? The logical side normally in a normal brain will say that is a barbecue. We are fine. Calm yourself down and it'll be fine. You will not have a, a cortisol response that will get elevated. You will you will just be fine. You won't be in panic mode in a depressed brain those connections are not actually uh, communicating. And so what ketamine, what they've seen ketamine do is after um, a brain is exposed to ketamine is they've actually started seeing synapses regrow. Oh, really? They start to yeah. connect. So yes, there's, there's synaptogenesis that happens. And also there's a lot of um, synapses that might've actually been silenced um, because of trauma, because of you know too much cortisol, like too much stress, because um, you work too much. That was me, by the way. Um, <laughs> there, uh, it could be, it could be because you have the wrong diet um, and you're not, you know, eating the wrong things, and you, so you damage your synapses, you know, and so that over time, those synapses stop communicating, and you become more and more depressed, right? Okay. And yeah, so with ketamine, we're seeing people like within hours of actually getting the ketamine treatment, the antidepressant effects are already evident, and then after a month, they're, you know doing much, much better. And then after that, you know, if you're on Spervato, you go, you come in once a month for the treatment and then we can taper off to like once every two weeks, once every three weeks, 
you can do once a month, but like once every three weeks seems to be the better, the better cadence. Yeah. For one month might be too far. Yeah. It, so it sounds like it's similar to me to some of the psilocybin treatments or psilocybin. If, I mean, how, or how is it different or how is it the same? Yeah. I guess maybe it's a better way or is it at all? Yeah. I'm surprised actually at how much I don't like psilocybin. <laughs> I have no moral, you know, panics about anybody doing drugs. I'm like, okay, you know, live your best life, whatever, but yes. please don't get addicted. Um, the problem I have with psilocybin is not, I mean, I think at some point psilocybin are going to be great. The issue is, is that, they haven't done enough research on it. The okay. other thing that's the other thing that's problematic with psilocybin is that um, it lasts like eight hours. <laughs> so if that's you're a, having a if you're having a bad trip, you're going to be having a bad trip for eight hours, and it's like nobody wants that, right? The uh, amen. Yeah, the half life of ketamine is much much shorter than that. Um, usually, it's like forty five minutes. You know, it's easy to to get oh, people out of it. That. Yeah, so it's a little bit. It's the safety profile. It's it's been FDA approved for twenty years. But the okay. reason that, the, okay. but yeah, for for anesthetic as an anesthetic, the reason it'll never get a secondary indication for um, depression is that it takes, it costs like hundreds of millions of dollars to get a secondary indication for a drug that's already FDA approved. Also, because it's been around for 20 years, it's a generic. Uh, it's it's lost. It's, um, it's yeah, it's lost. It's, uh, I forget what you call it. Commit with the money. You're not making money. Yeah, yet. you're not going to make money off of it. So why would anybody invest hundreds of million dollars to try to get a secondary indication for a generic drug? Like no one's going to do that. Maybe because so, it's really good for people's mental health, and that well, will save more money in the long run. So, so Jansen did something really like I mean, and hats off to Jansen for figuring this out, right? I'm not going to knock this hustle because they decided that they can't get the drug, um, you know, approved for secondary indication. So they got the packaging patented. So the nasal spray is what the act they actually got approved for FDA <laughs> through through the FDA um, you know uh, process. Well, and so you, they when you're yeah. you know when you were sitting in the chair you know one week approving approving stuff and the next week designing it you can right. you can just come up with anything and do it. Yeah, work. right. Yeah. So 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 that's how that's how like that's why there's such a great pro but I mean Jansen I, I again hats off to the people who invented Spermata. Yeah, that's a hustle. That's a hustle. It's a, it's, I, I, yeah. I got respect for that. Yeah, I do too. And I mean honestly if I didn't see so many people like recovering from it and seeing people really live better, happier lives, I, you know, I'd, I'd be a little bit more concerned, but psilocybins don't have that level of research also. Okay. Have you ever had a shishito pepper? Yes. You know what it is? Okay. You know yeah. how like one in one in 10 are spicy? Yeah. It's a weird thing. Right. And okay. It, Mush so Mushrooms are like that. Tell, tell me which one the spicy one is. You, you just don't uh, know. <laughs> I'll tell you in two hours. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, so it's, that's, that's why I'm like, yeah, you, you can do psilocybin. It's probably not going to be as effective or safe or just easy to control as, as, as ketamine. And so I'm, I'm kind of more of a fan of ketamine. Can I, I take like, what about like somebody like me? Can I rock up and take a session just for my own mental health? Or is it something that you should, you should really be trying to work on something like, so we're an integrative mental health clinic. And so that means that we're looking at more than just the meds you're taking. Our, mm -hmm. our, in fact, our, our, um, our motto is mental health is more than meds. And it's really true. You can, you can Love do that. a lot of things like meditation, journaling, um, vitamin supplementation can be mm. huge. It could be a lot of different things. Therapy is a big part of our, um, our treatment as well. Um, you can do ketamine infusions. Um, actually without, um, having tried an, uh, any other antidepressants, but 
for everyone out there who's tried every other antidepressant in the world and it hasn't worked, um, most insurance companies will cover uh, Spervato if you failed two other antidepressants. Um, unless, oh, very good yes, information. Uh, yes, unless you happen to be the one insurance company, which I'm not going to mention, um, but you, anyone can DM, it, DM me on uh, LinkedIn if they want. <laughs> I'll tell them. Um, that one company actually makes you fail four different classes of antidepressants before they'll cover the treatment. So that's four a lot of suffering. Four different classes. Yes. Wow. And that's a lot of suffering, I think, for people. And I don't particularly like that. But um, but yeah, no, you can think actually of the sales, do. Though. Think of the drug sales, though. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, but no, I, I think I don't think people should wait to get help. Honestly, if you're um, suffering from burnout, if you're suffering from, you know, depression, you don't want to go through failing mm. all of these antidepressants. I suggest that you know you you go to a clinic and ask them for you know because you can get an infusion without having to have that entire history, especially if you're paying okay. out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was helpful for me personally. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I've done psilocybin and, and I think, you know, when I, I think reflecting back and reading, you know, reading what people wrote about their experiences and the impact on them um, and the mindfulness and, you know, the, the net net of it, definitely a great experience. And I do feel like yeah. connect the connections you make and seeing yourself spiritually and where you sit in the universe and all that cool stuff that happens on a, on a magical mushroom journey uh, yes. If if you can if you can achieve the same results without all this without all that other nonsense um, yeah. and and the risk like you said the risk of you know you never know what you're eating um, that's amazing yeah honestly. and that's what we're doing we're also doing ketamine assisted psychotherapy so we'll actually add a therapy component to the second hour of your infusion or your spravato treatment Ooh. so you can actually work with a therapist to integrate what Ooh. you're experiencing and while, while your you know, baby neurons you're, are regrowing. Yeah, you're still, yeah, you're still, <laughs> yeah, your baby, like, you, your, your sparks are flying and you're, yeah. and then yeah. you get to share with the therapist your experience and yeah. kind of poke around the edges. Yeah, exactly. Ah. And take that, take that into your longer term therapeutic yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So fascinating how did you meet so how long have you been doing this remind me again how so my clinic's been open for three years that's right um, okay that's right yeah it covid so yep. you're already speaking like a 20-year veteran of the business <laughs> yeah the funny part is is i'm not i'm not a clinician i'm not a psychiatrist right. I, I employ psychiatrists i employ clinic i employ therapists but um, I, I, it's, it's funny because I, I didn't really want to get full time into the business until recently. Um, because for, first of all, let's just take a moment for my husband here who has to work with me every day now, <laughs> That's, working between spouses in the same place and living together can be a challenging, but actually we, goodness gracious, <laughs> God bless him. Yeah. Um, we, we make it work. Um, and it actually it's, it's working beautifully, but, um, you know, a big part of this is again, my, my interest has always been in unlocking human potential. And what I add to this clinic is actually, I was a patient. Uh, um, yeah. And I didn't realize that I needed, I was going to be a patient. I, um, I, I, after working 22 years in the corporate world, I just assumed that like everybody was sort of had a mental illness and that's normal. And like, if you didn't, then there's something wrong with you. You weren't trying, <laughs> yeah. you weren't trying hard enough. That's called culture. Yes, <laughs> in any organization. Um, and uh, oh, oh man, 
We could talk so, about corporate for a few hours, I'm sure. Oh yes, 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 yes. And so, um, you know, it, it was it was a it was a journey there. Um, but I, you know, having been a patient, having had you know the depression, um, which I didn't know I was depressed at the time. This is the funny part of, about depression. You just feel like everybody else is driving on the wrong side of the road, and you can't understand why. And recovering from depression is like learning how to drive again. <laughs> <laughs> on the right side of the road. <laughs> so what, what happened for you? What was the, you know, did you, is there like a business trip and you just lost your shit in the no. airport or no. just at home one day? And No, it's, I think it's, it's a lot of people have this experience actually. I mean, for me, what happened was, you know, my boss who was actually one of my best friends, she died um, sort of unexpectedly um, at the, you know, ripe old age of 42. And, um, yeah, and none of us were ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. And it completely rocked my world. Um, you know, and um, I, I just, and we worked together. So I had to, I had to switch companies. I'd been at the company for nine years. Yeah. And then I, you know, so I was like, fine, I'm gonna go take a recovery job, because this sucks. And I can't, I just, I need to get my brain together. So I like willingly gave up managing like 23 people and was like, I'm going to go take a small job with like four people. It's going to be really easy. I walked in on the first day of that job and I had 67 people in my organization. I had never agreed to this. I had, if I, <laughs> if I had known, I would have asked for way more money than I actually um, negotiated. And um, it was sort of, but this is what happens in corporate America. It's like, you, well, you must have interviewed really well. Yeah, I guess. I guess, I, you know, I did. But um, and so, you know, so, OK, fine, fine. 67, whatever. I'm yeah, whatever. I'm just going to do it because four, six, seven, same. Sure. Sure. Whatever. It's going to it's going to be fine. I'm going to manage it. I'm, I'm good at what I do. I'll, I'll manage it. Um, and then COVID happened. So I started in January of 2020. COVID happened in like February, March. Yeah, March. Yeah. Okay, and I was working for a publicly traded company, and I was responsible for all internal and external communications during COVID uh, for 50,000 employees. So, um, you know, around the world. So it was no day and night, no pressure, yeah. day and night it's working, easy. 6 a.m. call every morning, 9, 9 p.m. call every night, seven days a week. That just went on for months. Then, like, when that, when COVID, we kind of got COVID under control, then, like, um, uh, George Floyd happened, responsible for all the communications on that. I mean, it was just a lot. Let's just put it that way. And so by the end of that year, I was, and then I had four kids at home because of pandemic, all going to different schools, you know, then we also, we started this clinic. <laughs> we sank all of our money into starting this clinic, which was my dream. My dream was to have a BIPOC clinic, you know, to help people of all you know, races and colors, but, you know, doing all of that in the same year was just maybe not the best idea. I'm just going to go with that. And uh, yeah. So, so by the end of that year, I was completely burned. I mean, I literally had a complete nervous breakdown. It wasn't that I lost my shit or anything like that. It was just, you know, um, super irritated with the entire world, irritated with my kids, irritated with my spouse, irritated with work. Irritated. There was no point in my life at that point that any, that there was, there was any point where I was not irritated. It was just, and to me, that didn't seem like I was depressed. To me, that was just like, no, you're all screwing up. I'm the only one who's keeping it together. And you're the ones who are messing up. 
Yeah. Uh, true story. Oh God. <laughs> yes. How does it looking back? You're out of corporate now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, that was a look. I mean, boy, that had like a free, that's a great feeling. I also am out of corporate and it's an yeah. amazing feeling. It is. It you is. have the look about you. You have the smile now of someone <laughs> who's not, not bound like a slave um, in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. So living your, you are really living the passion. How's your daughter doing now? She is doing great. She, um, I am so glad you know, I mean, and by the way, just because I happen to own a mental health clinic does not mean I have this mental health thing on lockdown. Like, I, Oh, yeah, <laughs> I just, no, that's what I mean. Like, it's I do not. I, I'm still struggling with the whole parenting thing and, you know, dealing with with all of that. But no, she is doing amazing. She's going to see you Boulder next year. Um, and she is thriving, thriving. And so that's what I want to see. And I like I like seeing that for for everyone that we help. You know, it's seeing seeing people thrive and seeing them achieve things that they didn't think they could because they got have gotten so used they, to being depressed. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of be kind of weird. Now you've got your your story of not knowing it was you, and so it must be interesting when you see people, patients who are maybe getting referred or not really sure it's them. I do you still see that. Do you see you and other people? I do. I do. I, uh, and that's one of the reasons I do what I do, you know, and I, yeah. Yeah. And I, the thing is, you know, I've recovered and as I've seen people recover, I say, you are now a lighthouse for so many. Yeah. Yeah. It's a responsibility now, right? Like you have a job now. Yeah. You have to help others. And I mean, people, people, people cry in my dreaming rooms and they come out of it. They're like, that was a major breakthrough. And I said, and they need a hug. Right. And, you know, we, we, we live in a society because I don't really know why it's this way, but for whatever reason, like doctors can't hug patients and, or they can't, they can't, they can't provide that, you know, storytelling. They can't, they can't care about them outside of their treatment room. Right. Which I I think is actually kind of wrong because you're telling me that somebody has to bear their soul and all of their secrets and all of their stuff and they can only recover in a treatment room. It's not what they're doing in the treatment room that matters. It's what they're doing outside of the treatment room that matters. It's so, so well, so well said. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm giving people hugs at the end of their treatment when they've had a major breakthrough and I'm just, and they're just like, they, and, you know, they think they thank us for founding this clinic. And I said, you know, I don't need, want you to thank me. I want you to someday yeah. do this for someone else. Bring somebody in. Yeah. Yeah, Save somebody. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And that just brings, it makes it so profound for them because, because everyone knows they're going to do that someday. They don't know when, but that makes the journey that much more powerful for them. Man. Yeah. It's tough knowing, you know, we're, we'll lose people along the way. Right. And it's so close. There are, there are things just kind of crushes me too. I'm just thinking about um, one guest that ended up living in Colorado Mm -hmm. and he's passed away. Oh my gosh. It's one of my first guests. It's tough, tough news to get. Um, And there are so many people out there like, like Steve, just (sighs) living it, you know, living in pain, you know, see it on his face, hear it in his voice. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think what you're doing is amazing. You know, just putting, you burned your boats. 
you, right? I mean, you burned your boats and you jumped. You like this is all you yeah. got, right? This is it. This is this. This is all I want to do. I mean, I I don't know if I could ever. I mean, and I still consult every now and then for people I like. <laughs> but <laughs> I've gotten super choosy now about you know the the kind of energy I want around me. And um, but you know you know it's it's interesting. You just said your your friend's name, Steve. Your guests. And um, one of the reasons I also have my clinic, we actually, I, you know, art therapy was a big part of my. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, just just getting over my grief of losing Peggy. That was my person I lost, Damn. and and I put her I put her painting in one of the treatment rooms, and um, it's actually uh, it's a painting of her name in Chinese, but it's very abstract, so people don't realize that you know um, that's that's well, what that's... it is. That's an energy she's left behind. Her name has, on Chinese, and and that yeah. that's like leaving your energy there. Yeah, and well, the patients actually have commented on it, and a lot of them don't know what it is, and they yeah. they, they actually, but they want to be in that room. They want to be in the Peggy. I, room. I was going to say, yeah, they, they yeah. <laughs> and she's left and something. The, she has, and so I because I didn't want that name to ever be out of my life. So so the Peggy room is the way that I keep her memory alive, and this clinic is the way that I keep her 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 energy um in my life yeah so yeah it's tough um you know just i think it's the communication getting more people aware of what's available and how yeah. to get access to it um and yes boy that story about the the boy i mean imagine how many thousands of kids there are right now yes wishing they could get what they need and probably filling that hole with some other way I got to tell you that the, the 20, the early 20, <clears throat> the 20 kids right now are the ones I worry about the most because their early adulthoods were so, um, dis, you know, just so disruptive, you know, when they yeah. were just trying to get out there and, 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 you know, it's, they're just not, they're just not leaving their rooms. And it's, we weren't really, we weren't really good leaders there for those two weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, the longest two weeks of our lives. No, yeah. exactly. But but the the twenty year olds are the ones that I'm seeing a lot of that are just you know they just don't even know how to live and they're not they're in between being um, adults and kids and but not like teenagers like it's it's the it's, they missed some teen years. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. just they don't know how to get out there now and it's a completely different world and we don't have a a, a ma manual for them either and so they're just very depressed and it's. Um, these are kids who are, should be like in the prime of their lives should be, going out there. Should be thriving, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll come, obviously they'll, they'll get over part of it, but it won't be healed. Right. I mean, they'll move on, but will they, they'll have to come back at some point and do the work, right. They'll have to yeah. come back and deal with what happened to them Yeah. and, you know, putting yeah. masks on and staying in your room and, you know, yes. not seeing your friends, Yes. And the weird shit kids would do when they're in this kind of environment and chat rooms. I can't yeah. imagine the kind of nonsense that they were up to. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a lot. I, I really, I mean, everybody suffered, you know, um, you know, it's just, I just, we're just trying to help whoever, you know, however many people we can get the mental health care they need affordably um, and not have to go into debt just to, exist you know to, to exist <laughs> yeah. it's it's already 30 minutes i can't like wow um fantastic stuff you're doing lisa thank I mean, you really i just 
Wow. I, I love meeting somebody else that's just burned their boats and put everything into this. And you found your, you know, you found your kind of your purpose. Yeah. Living well, your, likewise. Living your purpose. Likewise. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to meet you and I'm happy to, to be on the show. And again, I'm happy to help anybody who maybe, you know, suffering the same thing or may need help mm. for themselves or their loved ones. We're here for that. Well, I'm coming to Colorado. Maybe we'll sit down. Come visit. Come visit. Maybe we'll do a we'll do a jar episode. Uh, the, I would the, love the, it. The other the jar, the other one, and we'll do it in the um, Nancy. No, not Nancy. Uh, yeah, the girls' room. Oh, Peggy's room. Peggy's room. Yeah. Yes. We can we we can do we could do it in Peggy's room. We can actually do some ketamine assisted psychotherapy for you if you want to check it out and see what the experience is like. It's I'd very very cool. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of it. I'm a, and, and you talk about the synopsis. I think one of the best mental health things I did, and I could actually feel my brain rewiring was mm -hmm. playing guitar. Yes. Yes. Like, neural pathways. You're, you're creating that neuroplasticity. I, it was the weirdest feeling in my brain. I'd never felt that. Um, strumming for me was mm -hmm. the first, like, I must've been really like, I would say retarded meeting. They must have really backed away from each other, right? Like, the, <laughs> yeah. like they were like they were slow, like shrinking pretty badly. Because yeah. even strumming the guitar, I could feel the pain and switching hands. You know, doing like something a rhythm on this side and on this side, yeah. and counting. And you know, and like whoa, whoa, what's happening? My brain was just kind of swimming, and I could feel stuff happening, and then. It got to a certain point, and then I started to sing. Uh -huh. And it feels like you are walking and chewing bubblegum and juggling backwards on a tricycle or a, a, a unicycle. I was like, I am absolutely can't even do this. This is the dumbest thing. I could even sing, I don't know, a lullaby. Uh, but after a while, it builds and builds and builds. And, you know, now I have a brain, a different, I have a different brain. Yes. And, and it's... If this is what ketamine, it's amazing. Well, let me let me leave you with this thought, okay? Yeah, that's a good some good closing thought. How about this some is closing, a good closing thought? The closing thought I have is that just think about how many synapses you created because you started practicing a new skill. Yes. Right now, imagine if instead of thinking negative thoughts every day about how everybody else is driving on the wrong side of the road, you started. Oh thinking about something more positive about how beautiful everyone's car is. Yeah. Imagine how much bigger those synapses would be and the communication pathways would be for that. And the, it's kind of an interesting thought. The energy becomes very powerful. Your, I, I, and I would have a feeling that, you know, positive energy vibes move differently than negative energy. And if you switch that, if you flip that switch, that's boy, that's powerful thought. Yeah. That's what you can do if you get yeah. the right help. It's all about this is that, that, you know, finding the things we're trying I, that <clears throat> at least I've zeroed, <clears throat> excuse me, I've zeroed in early on for, for the foundation is, is access cost um, stigma yes. and, and the education. You know, I'm not a clinician. I'm not in the space, uh, but those are things that I think you know I can help with in other ways. My other my other life experience can be put you know brought to bear and solve you know help fix it. I can't solve anything, but I can help at least improve stuff. 
you can at least get it, get other people started. We can't do it by ourselves, Ken, but we can yes. get other people helping us. And because they have, have, you know, experienced the same things and have recovered from it, then we can, yeah. we can get everybody else. We can get a movement started on that. I, I, I really believe that. I, I love it. I'm a fan of like big stuff. I, I'm, I'm not a small thinker. I like to think big and, you know, fail, fail large. Yes. Fail faster and succeed faster. Right. <laughs> That's what we, we should be doing. We used to have a, 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 um, a motto in the insurance industry when we would re recruit people, which was fail the failure fast. And, <laughs> and if they're going to fail is to get them out quickly. Um, and it, it was such a, it was such a wrong thing for so long. And I've, and I eventually did kind of come around to the right way of thinking, um, <laughs> you know, but it is, it, it is, the way to do it is try big, something big and fail. Yes. It's okay to do it. Do it quickly. Learn the quick lesson. Go back at it. Try again. And eventually you're going to find the right path. You build, you're kind of building a synopsis, right? You build yeah. something, you go certain and you get too much, too much resistance. You back up, you smash into another lane you know, that maybe work or and you keep smashing until you find a, you know, a weak spot and you break. Absolutely. Through. Absolutely. Well, and I think what we found is mental health is really the weak spot. If we can get more people feeling better and, you know, we can, we can all heal together as a society. Yeah. And then the, even the physical ailments that come out of this, because we're not, we're not yes. mentally well. And the, the, the financial impact uh, is the opportunity is to save money by yes. investing in mental health is a real thing. It, um, yes, it's absolutely true. I mean, that's the thing that like, I, I end up spending a lot of time, you know, people when they call into my clinic, they're not, they're not asking about depression, they're not, at, you know, asking about their conditions, they're asking about whether they can afford it. And that's just tragic to me. Because you shouldn't need to, to worry about, you know, when if you have something wrong with you, you should, you should be able Good to, God, yeah. it, especially right? if you found, especially if you found what you think is a solution. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of, yeah, absolutely. Painful. And a lot of a lot of clinics won't actually, um, you know, do bravado um, because the paperwork for it is so arduous. Um, and you, literally, I had, I had, um, you know, my my office manager yesterday. She was on the phone for three hours for one patient, for one patient, because they denied the prior authorization that they had already authorized <laughs> because they couldn't find it. Yeah, it was just like something simple as that. But a lot of a lot of people won't deal with all of the paperwork that has to go through. They have to go through in order to get people oh. covered for, for a life changing treatment like Spermato. <laughs> so Fan again, fantastic work. Lisa. thanks so much for Thank being you. a guest. Um, I mean, just awesome. Awesome stuff. Thank How you. can people find you? How can they find what you're doing? How can sure. they help? Yeah, they can uh, just go to our website. I actually have a lot of uh, patient resources, um, and it's um, axismh.com, axismh.com. Um, oh, let me give that. Give it to me one. Give it to me one more time. How to spell? Axismh.com. Okay. And. Um, the blog actually has a lot of great resources for people who are interested in ketamine therapy. Um, there's a lot of great ways to prepare for it. I actually have playlists on Spotify for ketamine music. Um, a lot of our patients download it um, for uh, when so they're cool. Yeah, when they're not in the treatment rooms, um, they actually like to listen to it to kind of, if they're having a bad day. Yeah, and make it the, yeah, yeah, make the connection right. Then, but they'll remember. 
Yeah, exactly. I have a lot of patients who tell me because we actually have um, high chew candies in the treatment rooms because sometimes this bravado can be a little bit bitter. And um, a patient came in the other day and said, I just bought eight pounds of of, of uh, high chews from Amazon <laughs> because that's my that's my go to relaxation. Now. Makes a good, right, right. When I'm having a high chew, I've got a, a ketamine. Yes, I'm, I, I'm, I'm relaxed. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's a lot to be said for that stuff. Connection, smells and tastes are powerful um, memory, yes. you know, powerful memory triggers. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have diffusers in the, the same patient also had bought lavender diffusers and salt lamps for his home, his bedroom, because um, we have lavender diffusers to kind of, again, scent. Lavender is very relaxing and calming, yes. uh, easy to access. I have other ones that I like, but like that one is easy to get for lavender, everybody. Lavender is great. Yeah. And, um, and salt lamps, because that's what's in the treatment rooms. And that's what they, you know, now when they're having a bad days. That's how they, again, it's what they do outside of the treatment room that matters, which I, is what they're doing. Well, that's a beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks again so much. Thanks everybody Thank for, you. you know, thanks for everybody for listening. You know, we don't have not too many eyeballs on us, but we do get, um, we'll get some listeners on the, the actual iTunes podcast and stuff we'll produce in a, maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll, get you, we'll get that live. You can share that. And this one will be on LinkedIn and uh, somewhere buried in Facebook a little bit and also on YouTube. On Thank you. There. Yeah, this hang was a on. pleasure. Yeah, thank, thanks so much. Hang on for a minute. We'll, have, we'll run our little exit commercial, and then I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from Ooh. the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it it changes all the time so if you change the way you look at things the things you look at change 